There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture this. You're stranded on an island forever. Don't freak out because you get to bring one dish with you, your desert island dish. What is it? Every week, your hosts, Paul and Tegan, that's us, will ask this question. We'll chat with and torment a literal raft of guests on the island who'll dish up stories, gossip, and culinary secrets. But they all have one thing in common. They bloody love food. Welcome, welcome to, to Dish. Hello and welcome to episode four of Dish. I'm Paul Verhoeven. That's Tegan Higginbotham. Hello. We are stranded on a freaking island. Now... We're still not 100% sure where this island is. Tegan, you insist that it's somewhere in the South Pacific. I think Sammy Shah insisted it was somewhere in the South Pacific. So I, I don't know, he seems pretty smart. I'm going with what Sammy said. Yeah, but how, how smart can he be stranded on an island? <laughs> like he fell for it. He completely fell for it. Now, obviously, every week we are talking about food whilst dealing with the sweltering heat, apparently. Tegan, what have you been cooking? Paul, I have been cooking everything. I am in... A bit of a comfort phase at the moment. So there's still a lot of anxiety in the world. And yes, we still feel it here on our little deserted island. And I'm just trying to cook things to really lift spirits at the moment. You know what I did? What? I went back through my old Donna Hay magazines. Now... Those are worth a lot of money here. I don't know if they are. Not that, no, not that we have currency, but I think cookbooks... Oh, you mean on the island? Yes, on the island. Sorry, yes, I thought you mean in Australia, and I was like, no, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, damn, because rather than going into Bitcoin, I've gone into DonnaCoin, which is just old issues of Donna Hay magazine. But they're really wonderful. So I have been uh, for Lunchbox Food, making a load of her fish cakes. She does this salmon and horseradish fish cake. You love it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, we need to be careful when you say, I've been doing this and I pretend I'm surprised when you've been cooking them for me and I've been having them oh, okay full disclosure at yeah. one point at one point I had them for all three meals during the day well just they're so good and and I and I, and I loves me a bit of a Donna hey yeah. um, I've been making Darren purchases lemon drop cookies and you made your first batch of cookies the other day now to be fair you got me to help and then you said can you ice them good god was that a mistake yeah, they are more icing than cookies, yeah. that batch that is currently sitting on our, our kitchen counter. I like a crunch. So it's this beautiful shortbread biscuit. It's very soft. It's very sumptuous. And then you said just, you know, drizzle some icing on. I did about three layers. I let each one set. So what you get is this crunch. Yeah. Right? You have to work your way through the icing. But the irony is, is yeah. that about once a week, you will floss your teeth uh-huh. and then get very concerned that you've got a new cavity. You will talk at me about your teeth. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I had a sugar problem growing up. I used to get boxes of nerds, you know, those nerd lollies. Yeah. I would empty a box. Do you know this? I'm, I've not. I you know what nerds are. You look so stressed. Okay, so I would get a box of nerds. I would empty it into a bottle of creaming soda. Oh, Jesus. And then the nerds would dissolve. Oh, my God. And then I'd drink that syrup and run around making whoop whoop noises. So. <laughs> 
And then I, I would go to the dentist. And I like, love that, Hagen. Everybody diagnosed you as having ADHD. And it's like, no, just look at your, your lunchbox. Sorry. I'm trying to swear less lately. I'm trying to swear less. We were trying to keep this podcast family friendly. Oh, God. We failed. Because well, every guest is like, can I swear? And we go, of, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Just chuck a few out for free. So, yeah, obviously we are very excited about this week's guest. Actually, you know what? Stop. Just before we get there, I uh, do want to talk about one more thing. Okay. Because he's one of my heroes. Mm. I, I love Jamie Oliver. I don't know if that's naff to say. Sometimes people look at me like I'm a bit naff for saying that. But I bloody love Jamie Oliver. Who doesn't love Jamie? I, he's amazing. He would be the ultimate guest for me. I think I'd struggle if he was on the show because I'd be... I'd be very excited if we got to talk to um, talk to Jamie. But we went back the other day mm. and you've not seen all of his sort of classic series. I showed you Jamie's Italy last year and you thought that was pretty pucker. Yep. But now we've just started watching Jamie's school dinners. And if you if you haven't heard of this series, it's when back in some point in the 2000s based on his hair, um, he was trying to revolutionise the food that they were giving to kids at school in the UK. Yeah. Because there in the UK at school, there's a, there's a canteen and you get a full lunch. And this is sometimes the biggest meal that the kids are eating in that day. So it should be as nutritious as possible. And these kids are eating these horrible turkey Twizzler things and just basically shit. They're yeah. just eating shit. It's bad stuff. So he he tries to change it. Even though we don't eat badly, you and I eat really, really well. Yeah. We eat very well. But watching that series still makes me want to eat better. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because people will now begin to realize that we have not disclosed our desert island dishes. And my desert island dish, I'm going to put this out there, it did have chippies involved because I love a chippy suck chip or not i love a chip we we all know you love a chip yeah we've but, seen the statues but now after watching school dinners i think i think i don't want chips anymore no 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 i'm sorry look i'll tell you what we'll whip you up some of lola's avo chippies stop it you look furious you know how much i like her and you know how much avo chippies angers me yeah they made you furious <laughs> I kept waving the photos under your nose and it kept making you angry. Well, look, I think, okay, I think it's time for our guest. It is. I'm so sorry that I took us down that Jamie rabbit hole. It will happen at other points. Now, our guest on today's episode refers to herself as a seasoned chook, but if that's the case, she's seasoned to perfection. Oh, Paul. You're welcome. She's a drag pioneer, a charity champion, and she's performed at the 2000 Olympics, which, as far as I'm concerned, basically makes her the Nikki Webster of drag. I think that's a compliment. I'm not sure. You'll know her from the very first season of RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, where she stole our hearts with her big personality and bigger... Uh, tits. What you're after there is tits, Paul. She had massive tits. They're huge. Anyway, time to talk with the utterly wonderful Maxie Shield. Well, look, Maxie, welcome to the show. And I think more specifically, welcome to our island. You're now stranded here forever. Um, you're never going to see your friends and family again. So sorry about that. Uh, it's oh. really inconvenient. Have you ever been stranded on a desert island before? Oh, God, it sounds great, though. I tell you what, some of my friends are bitches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I haven't been stranded on an, a, a desert island. It was touch and go there when the volcano hit in Bali a couple of years ago. But yeah, definitely not a desert island. Gosh, were you there when that happened? Yes. Well, we went over for a friend's birthday. Mm. And while we were there, they had an earthquake. And, you know, we landed and I flew business class, of course, you know, stuck up bitch and all. And, um, <laughs> the, um, and, and it sort of all these people were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And we're like, it's only 
six hours. Like I was in business class. It's fine. And they were like, no, there was an earthquake and then the volcano is going to erupt and blah, blah, blah. So it was really quite scary. But um, yeah, we just got out in time and then they stopped flights and then people were stuck there for months, which, you know, seems bad. But, you know, in Bali for a couple of extra weeks, isn't a bad thing for me. I have to admit, we had friends who were trapped over there as well and were, you know, pretty distraught that they couldn't come home as they sat poolside while their insurance covered <laughs> their hotel stay. And I was like, listen, I'm having a little trouble connecting with your posts yes, right now. Yes, Tegan, you say that, but they, they did point out, Maxi, that their regular pool got turned into a wave pool for about 20 minutes. <laughs> they did, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. I, it was a, I'd never experienced an earthquake before. And um, the housekeeper that we were staying, next thing sort of started screaming grabbed a handbag and took off and I was like shit what's going on what's going on so I sort of raced after her and it was very surreal well look I can imagine this isn't the only surreal experience you've been through recently oh that segue no I'm proud of- you no, can't if you point I'm out how good that. a segue was you undermine the goodness of the segue <laughs> no I'm going with it Maxie, for people in Sydney, they will have seen you as, as a key part of drag culture for a very long time. But for much of the world, they were introduced to you for the very first time on the initial, the, the first series of RuPaul's Drag Race Australia. I've got to ask, how are you feeling now that you're, you're unfortunately, and to the, you know, the sadness of many fans who were cheering you along like myself, you've now, you're now off the show. How was it? So it's Drag Race Down Under because it was also including our New Zealand sisters as well. So Absolutely. Correct. It was, you know what, it was, they often say that, um, like, uh, the American seasons, they're like, this is the Olympics of drag. And, you know, you watch a reality TV program and you're like, your you cake didn't rise. Shut up. Why are you crying? This is stupid. Like, toughen up. And I will never, ever, ever, ever say another word about a bachelorette in all my life. I tell you <laughs> what, it was, it was fucking hard. It was so hard. It was really, it was like... Yeah, I, I described it using a food analogy is um, when you make a, a toasted sandwich with tomato and cheese mm-hmm. yeah. and, and you bite it and it burns your mouth, but you keep going back for more because it's delicious. It's exactly like that. So you've got a burnt mouth, burnt ear, earlobes, everything, but you just keep going back. Well, you know what, that bake-off thing though, I mean, because Paul and I, we are those assholes who sit there going, oh, <laughs> How did you get the Genoese sponge wrong? Not just oh. that. After after watching any Bake Off show, we'll literally we'll go to bakeries and then we'll do that thing actually where we lift the tart and scrape the bottom and go, look, it's no, no it's nah, underbaked. Sorry, no. bottom. As, sorry, bottom. As if we could do any better. And the thing is, watching Drag Race, I mean, you're a drag queen. Did you watch other seasons of Drag Race and kind of tut and kind of roll your eyes at the way they were doing things? Or did you kind of intuit as someone who you know, participated in the craft that it might actually be trickier than it looks on TV. Well, I always knew that would it be it would be tricky. I thought, oh, you know what? Because it's it's so intense, mm. you know, and it's a limited sort of filming time. Um, but you know, some of the you know some of the the drama and the catfights and the bitchiness. I was like, oh, just mind your next in girls. You know, it's not that bad. And then you sort of go to what we did, where the Aussie girls had fourteen days quarantine. And then they pushed the filming back another five days. So essentially 20 days in isolation. And then it was literally morning to late night every day. So, you know, when someone looks at you funny, you're like, fuck, that's it, you're going down. (laughs) And 
and it's just the pressure cooker. It's crazy, so crazy. It's also I find that um I'm in a, a job at the moment where I'm doing copywriting. Uh, I know that this I swear I'm going somewhere with this, but we <laughs> we have to be creative from nine till five. Mm. Those are our hours of creativity, and and sometimes brains brains just don't work that way. You have little bursts of creativity, and then you have times where you're just off, and that's just natural. That's just what happens if you're a creative person. Yes. How does it feel if you're in that workroom and you know that this is the four hours? Where you've got to make the outfit or come up with the the joke or whatever it is and your brain is just not firing do you panic because i i would panic exactly as well as these other sort of things that are, are factors that happen as well because you know sometimes you will watch you know master chef or something and then you're like oh shit that's a great idea i can do that in in a costume or a show mm. whereas we had like we had no outside world contact. Mm. So we were limited to, the, to that as well as on the show, you know, unless the cameras were rolling, we, we weren't allowed to talk. So, you know, the interaction that we had between the girls as well was quite limited apart from sort of when it was, when it was um, sort of going. So on, on top of that and, you know, these girls, these bitches are 22 years old. I'm 47. Mm. Like... <sighs> Like, Xena just buzzed around like a bumblebee the whole time. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that old chook that doesn't lay anymore, that's sitting down going, radio, this is my last legs. When am I going to be a, a baked turkey? So, you know, it was like, oh, oh, oh. And it got to that stage where, you know, it's the reading challenge. You need to say jokes about each other and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. So it was, it was mental, absolutely mental. I find it so interesting that you went for like the old chook metaphor. I would have gone for the like ex cat burglar who's called back for one last job, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like, like let's say Robert De Niro is called back for a final heist and he's in his forties and he's kind of, he's, he's like a veteran and they get him in and he's the only one who survives. I mean, I think if anything, you look, I was just sitting there going like Maxi is clearly so much more experienced than these other Queens. There was a, there was, I, you see, I wouldn't go with the De Niro. I'd say there was a Danny Ocean vibe. You've got the team and then you've got the one who's just that little bit calmer. And so much so that you see a lot of Queens who try, they try to do the nice thing. Mm. They try to portray the nice image. And then you're like, I think you're a fucking bitch in secret. <laughs> Whereas you, I feel like you were just so comfortable with who you were that you could do the nice thing and mean it. And I know I've been looking through socials and people are legitimately devastated that you're off of the show. And I think you really, really connected with audiences and there was something so authentic. Do you go in going, this is what I'm going to do? Or I guess, are you pleasantly surprised by how people have taken you on board? Um, I just wanted to be true to myself. I, you know, I'm as, as much as, you know, the stereotypical bitchy drag queen, blah, 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 is out there. The, um, you know, I, I still, you know, I'm, I'm, I was never, you know, when I first started was the end of the Priscilla era. So all drag queens were six foot size two, you know, big blonde. And, you know, I've always been a, a short round man that's been balding since I was, you know, 20. So, you know, I've always had to sort of, I always tried to be kind um, so, you know, to see that, you know, everyone in the world is seeing, you know, the kind side of me is, is really wonderful. I'm quite proud of that because, you know, we can be bitchy, but, you know, a lot of us, and especially the Aussies and New Zealand girls, you know, we can say, ah, oh, you're a dog, you're a dog. Do you have a safety bin? Sure, girl. Of course we do. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's always, 
you know, it, the mateship there was really quite, I think, something that we haven't seen on other seasons, especially the, the American seasons. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I felt that coming through. One thing I didn't get an impression of, though, Maxie, and this is something I've always wondered about drag race in general, is that you see people kind of sipping drinks, you know, during the untucked part of the show. Yes. But you never really see people eating. And as foodies, I was sitting there wondering, not only... You must get hungry. Yeah, also, like, what is the catering like? What is the food sitch? I mean, do you each have your own little kind of kitchens and service departments do you order in like what is the food situation off camera right yeah sit down this is a good one so, <laughs> so, so it, we we have service department and we got we got groceries every sort of you know two or three days mm-hmm. so we got loaves of bread and eggs and we so many fucking eggs uh, we just like <laughs> I think I had 36, 36 eggs there. I was like, you need to stop giving me eggs. I'm not going to make – like we were getting up in the morning and, and getting home at night. So there was like no option of cooking these fucking eggs. Um, <laughs> but, they, you know, they were, they were, they, there, was, there was all snacks and all that sort of stuff came to our, our rooms, which was great. But we had sort of three options of like, meals. We had like a – it was almost like a pastry section-esque. So someone would go and get some potato pot top pies, some quiches, you know, some muffins, bits and pieces that we'd nibble on because we would go in and do our confessionals as boys first. Mm. Then just before the runway, we would have like packaged uh, catering that had come in sort of brown paper bags, which was, you know, a mixture of God knows what. There was at one point... Like this is this is in the room in the green room. We're not allowed to talk. No one's allowed to talk. And I pulled out this skewer with a potato wedge, a chipolata sausage, and another potato wedge. And I said, "I'm sorry. I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but what the fuck is this? Is this a, <laughs> is this a cultural thing or what? Oh, you going think it was, you think it was a New Zealand like delicacy, and you were kind of wandering and going, "Am I insulting your national dish? Is that what well, you're worried about?" Exactly. And I, I, a kid looks over and she goes, "Got me fucked. I got no idea what the hell." Is that. <laughs> I love that they just thought maybe, oh, maybe they were doing that sort of mum thing where if you stick a skewer through it, it's fancy. Oh, bless, bless. So, so that was like you know, eyes boggled. Um, and they would sort of, they would also bring sushi in and all that, which was like, we're doing sushi. Let's do sushi. Let's have sushi. And like Art and I don't eat sushi, so we're like, well, what are we gonna have? Oh, we've got packets of chips there, so I will have to, you know. I've, she's skinny. She's got room to move. You know, I had things to fit into, so I had to be a bit careful there. Um, <laughs> but then at night, we got sort of takeaway because it was always so late. But uh, the last sort of few episodes, we found this um, family-owned roast restaurant. Ooh. So they literally had the three or four different types of roast, roast veggies and gravy and, you know, pork crackling. And oh. it was from this little old family that was just, you know, it was it, it was delicious. But at the same time, you know, the supporting local businesses was just incredible. Oh, so that's yummy. awesome. Yeah, that's really great. Because I'm going to be honest, some of that, uh, some of those food options sound pretty fucking bleak. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but a roast is just such comfort food. It's I mean, absolutely comfort I, food. I swear to God. But I mean, speaking of food, look, Maxie, one of the things we couldn't help avoiding whilst you know gazing over your gorgeous visage during the show was the fact that you are you are covered in tattoos, and many of them are of specific foodstuffs. Now, <laughs> could you talk us through, take us through, you know, what these tattoos mean? Well, this, this, you're talking about my sweet sleeve, which is, you know, it also caters to the young kids as well. Sweet. Um, <laughs> I have a cupcake. I have lollies, um, strawberries and cream, raspberries, teeth, love candy. So the love candy, I'm from a huge family. I'm one of 13 children. So Whoa. it's a, I know it's a mixed family. So mum isn't absolutely exhausted. <laughs> but they're all the women on my love candy are all the women that looked after me when I was growing up. Oh. So, which was great. Um, I've got wax candies, Coke bottles, ice creams, licorice all sorts, sundaes. And there's actually one on my forearm that's quite special. It is of a cherry pie. Ooh. Cherry pie is because I was one of the first boys to take pole dancing lessons at one of the biggest pole studios in Australia, Bobby's Pole Studio. And um, our first dance was to warrant cherry pie. No That's way. awesome. Isn't That's that crazy? So, yeah. <laughs> this, I was, when I was researching you, I noticed that you host uh, pole dancing competitions in Australia. And I was yes. like, oh, that's a really interesting thing. I wonder what that connection is there. But you used to do pole dancing. I am, not a lot of people know this about me. I also did pole dancing for a short while there. Uh, what can I say? The money got tight. And, um, <laughs> and so did you. <laughs> it was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. The strength that you oh. need to be a pole dancer. I just have so much more respect now. And, and the bruises and the injuries that you get. The Holy, chafing, my oh, God. Crazy. So I actually, believe it or not, I invented a move. So there's the maxi floating around. So it's actually, <laughs> I know. Wait, hang on, sorry, Maxi. Is it called the maxi floating around? Is that the name of the move? Or no, 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 no. <laughs> just, just the maxi, but I can be floating around. Great. Um, yes, which, which I can't do anymore. You know, I'm too top heavy. I could kill someone. Um but yeah, so that's also, you know, mum's really proud. Um, <laughs> you got a what named after you? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm so lucky to have actually been sort of uh, been involved in that area of, you know, performances. You know, now I, I hosted on Sunday uh, Mr. Pole Dance, which was the boys. Um, but the girls, you know, as gay as gay as I am, I just love watching the girl pole dancers. I just think they're incredible. So incredible, so strong and athletic and, yeah, they're just fearless. They absolutely are. Yeah, I didn't go back to it. I um, It was in a time when I was in between. <clears throat> I, I boxed. That was my thing for a long time. So I boxed, did a little bit of pole dancing and went back to boxing. You just have like a magic eight ball of what should I do next. <laughs> Basically. But no, it was, it was a, really, a really wonderful thing. Growing up in a household with 13 kids, <coughs> were there ever 13 kids under the roof at one time, Maxie? No, there wasn't. So oh, there was. Oh, thank God. I know. It was crazy. You know, it, it, a, bit of a, a bit of a sob story. When I was 10, my mother passed away. So uh, my, my sister and my brother and I um, were adopted by her sister. My auntie became my mother, I guess, is the best way to uh, describe it. So wow. we moved, moved up in 1984 to central Queensland. And um, so she had, her husband had, had two children. Um, she had a daughter and she was pregnant with uh, my brother. 
So there was there was there was three kids there. She took on um, so three three almost four kids, and then she took on another uh, three children as well. And oh. she was twenty seven years old, and yeah, it was just she's just a superwoman, just a warrior. Uh, so there was seven seven children. Seven. Well, so, what was dinner like around the table with seven kids? Well, see, mum was like we lived just outside of Claremont on sort of a bit of a property and we had like big veggie gardens and we had chooks and, you know, so mum was very famous with her egg pies. So anything that we grew in the the garden would straight away go into an egg pie because we'd have so many bloody eggs. Oh, Oh, she was training you up for the future. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So she would make these great big deep dish egg pies uh, all the time. So that's that's how we sort of dealt with, you know, seven kids, nine people in the family. Um, I think before, at one point, you know, I heard Dad go, I don't even like egg pie. <laughs> Shut up, Dad. He, he only said that once. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, by the way, egg pie, do you mean, are we talking like a, a fancy quiche? Yeah, like a quiche, I guess. I guess uh, um, a very uh, blue-collar quiche. I was going to say, that's the most Australian mum thing ever. It's a fucking egg pie. Well, sure, yeah. mum, I think it's a quiche. Nah, it's egg pie. Yeah, next, right. next year, next year, Drag Race Down Under will be over in Australia and the New Zealanders will be sitting there pulling egg pie out of these paper bags. And what the hell is this? Is this some sort of delicacy here? No, we'd have it on a skewer, thank you. We'd yeah. Have it. yeah. We're classy bitches. Yep, just have it in the middle and on either side, just a small piece of lamington, you know, just really <laughs> ramp up the Australianness. I think, do you think growing up in a household with this many people under the roof and all kinds of feathers flying, do you think that prepared you, it like imbued you with the necessary chill to survive working in the drag race on the, in the workroom? Well, it, it, it definitely is, is giving me sort of ammunition and, and, and helped me be in the drag scene from the start because, you know, you don't talk at our household. You scream. Like there's no, there's, there's no, like if someone's talking quietly, we're like, oh, shit, she's sick. What's wrong with her? Um, it's a, so we, we were always yelling and, and you know, that always has, has helped as a performer. But before, like last year, like a lot of performers around the world when we all lost our jobs because of COVID, I was lucky enough to get a job at a nursing home. So I was a, a, a lifestyle and leisure officer. It was basically, I helped colour in with dementia residents. Awesome. So, you know, that it gets crazy. I, I was doing something called um, sundowning. So from four till six, if you have dementia, it sometimes sends you a bit crazy and it sends you sort of confused and you can get aggressive and blah, blah, blah. So I sort of thought that that actually helped me with the workroom a lot better. <laughs> and it's very, very much cats in a basket constantly. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm just trying to think, though, about your year, and it's just, I mean, I know that a lot of people, the past year for them has been an emotional roller coaster in a lot of ways, mm. but you have gone from this situation where, like all creatives, you've lost most of your work, if not all of it, have gotten, have had to take on another job, 
then this whirlwind has hit and you've been selected for RuPaul's Drag Race. And I've read online that you didn't think you were going to be a contender for that. So that must have been pretty shocking. You've gone in there, become a fan favorite, broken records by being the first queen in the world to ever use a microphone (laughs) during a lip sync, which is outstanding. And now you're back at this point where the world knows who Maxi Shield is. Are you doing okay? What does this sort of upheaval feel like to actually have to ride that wave? I think I I was constantly asked on the show, is is your age a benefit? Is the experience a benefit? And I always said, no, 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 definitely not. You know, I'm here to learn. These young queens are really amazing. But in the outside world, it, I think my experience has helped me in that, you know, I can filter through the shithouse people. And, you know, there is... There's a lot of experts. There's a lot of fact checkers. They, those ones that decide to go, oh, no, you, that's wrong. You were not born in Ballina. There's no maternity ward in Ballina. Um, wow. you know, all those tiny sort of things. So I think that sort of has helped me because, you know, I just block a bitch so quick. It's just <laughs> – so, and I have an incredible support network, not only my two dogs, my partners, you know, very much one of those ones that ground you. Like, yeah. you know – I'll swan in and say, excuse me, I'm not only a TV star, I'm a, a, a designer, a model and a recording <laughs> artist. And, you know, he'll look up from his phone and say, fuck off. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to chat about one more thing with you before we get back to food. And I know I keep doing this with our guests. I keep just getting so interested and off track. And I do apologize. That's but fine. We, we will get back to food very soon. But it's something I've been dying to chat about for a long time because – you know, we're, it's 2021 and we just live in such a different time now. And one of the things I love about the time we live in is that people are so much more confident in their bodies and we don't talk about size the way we used to, except from what I can see from the outside in worlds such as drag, where the size of who you are is is re- it really defines your character. Mm. It, it's just so forward facing. And I know that you've spoken about this all online before and is this outdated or is this a good thing? And how does it feel to be defined as a plus size queen? Is that frustrating for you or is it something that you are so proud to embrace? See, I embrace it. I think, mm. you know, I can, I, I, you know, I've tried to be skinny. I've done all this. I, a lot of joy comes to me from food and sharing food. And as and soon as someone says diet or cut out something, yeah. I just, you know, it just, it, it hurts me emotionally. So, you know, if I, 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 I keep, if I keep sort of pushing uh, that, that body positivity is a good thing yep. and, you know, and if I embrace my size and it's like, look, you know what, you know, I, I'm never going to be skinny, but I always want to be fit, healthy and stronger. And, yeah. in, and if I can have those in the, the forefront of my mind, then, you know, a curvy girl, a skinny girl, you know, a short girl, a tall girl in the drag world is fantastic and i think it's the, the especially with drag we 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 seem to either start the conversation with hold on i, I i'm the fat girl watch out she's coming through you know and 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 treat it as a positive which i yeah. think sort of especially with age as well especially in the gay community as soon as you're 40 you're put out to the pasture and you know no 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 
No, 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 we're not. We've still got a lot of life in this love. I think that's really interesting. And you're right. I, I certainly feel like I've observed um, a shift. It used to be the sort of thing that I would see in Australian comedy where if there was a panel show, you'd have one female comedian. And it was like, no, 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 we ticked the box. We had the female comedian. And in drag, it felt like per season you would have one plus-sized queen. But you look at, the, say, for example, the roster of the upcoming All-Stars, and I think it's like... Well, Ginger's back on, which makes me so happy because Ginger's yes. one of my favourite queens in the whole wide world. but it's... It feels like less about, okay, we have to have one plus-size queen, one Puerto Rican queen, but now just it feels more merit-based or something. Yes. It feels like there is a shift, you know. There is, and, and two trans girls as well. Yes. Uh, Jiggly and Kylie Sonique. I'm just going to say Kylie Sonique is fucking incredible. She is yeah. so fabulous. Um, and, and Ginger's incredible as well. I, I chat to Ginger quite a lot. And... Um, but it's it's great to see the colors of the rainbow and the sizes and mm. and the shapes and the stories. I think I think they definitely have sort of um, cast with people that have stories this season yeah. for, for for All Stars six, which is great. But it's just amazing that you've probably actually very most likely been part of that that change. And, and that must feel incredible to know that by being such a body positive advocate, you're actually seeing that now make legitimate change. That that must feel so rewarding. I, I, I'm getting so many messages from mums, older mums. Mm. <laughs> oh my God, I saw you. I, lo- I, I love, I've got, the, I've got the biggest bum ever. It's impossible to get a pair of pants, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, girl, go for it. Do it, just do it. Come on, as long as you feel comfortable, then fuck it. Yeah. You're like a vulgar ray of sunshine is well, what yeah, you Well, yeah, I'm getting so much. If you feel comfortable, fuck it, block a bitch. This is, this is very educational for me, this yeah. whole chat. Yeah, it's this, like uh, friendly but firm, you know? <laughs> Aussie drag, come on. We're not oh. mean, we're just direct. It's so good. We're not mean, we're direct. I want that to be Australia's new slogan. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so good. Well, it's, I mean, look, okay, we've now established that you're not mean, you're direct, and you're the Danny Ocean of drag. So I think it's probably time for us to ask you one final question, Maxie, and that is what is your desert island dish? Keep in mind, this is the one dish that you can eat for the rest of time. No, 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 because now that you're on the island, we haven't, okay, Maxie, we haven't discussed yet the rule because everyone's brought a different dish. Georgia Love bought foie gras for some bloody reason. Um, we had Lola Berry bought Linza Tort, which is like this big kind of buttery, uh, like a raspberry kind of tart thing. Yeah. Um, oh, I know. Come on. I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's got a tattooed on her, mate. Oh, yeah. That's around the back. Yeah. Huge Linza Tort. Uh, and then Sammy Shah's brought his mum's dal. So we're kind of building this roster of dishes and we're deciding whether people can share with the other guests on the island. Everybody else wants to share. I'm a firm no sharer, but it looks like we're going in a sharing direction. Yes. Right. So, so very- you can can have some of those dishes if that changes your mind at all. Because I work at night, a lot of my food is, you know, I, we call it at our house carryover champion. So, <laughs> you know, you make one dish and then the next day it's the carryover champion, which is sometimes a little bit better yes. than the, the original dish. So my dish would be the Bolognese toasted jaffles. Oh, <gasps> like heroin. Oh, oh, that's so good. But this is how we this is how we do it at our house. So it has to be a deep deep jaffle toasting iron if if this is going uh, international. So it has to be deep so that that you can make a cup out of the bread. You but you you mix the butter with some parmesan cheese. Oh my god! 
God. And then butter the outside of the bread that you're going to stick closest to the. Oh, this is a this is a fat girl one. So settle down. <laughs> no, no, I love it. Amazing. I love it. I love it. So then, then you put the um, the bolognese that you've had that you've left overnight because that gets better the next day. And it doesn't like even if you say you had a bolognese with penne and there's a few penne shells left over, just throw that in as well. Just mix I it in. I love carb layering. You are talking <laughs> my language. Throw it in, throw some cheese in as well because we like to double cheese as well. Um, and then you, you cook it away. It's going to juice everywhere, so you always put um, uh, kitchen paper underneath the uh, jaffa lion. Yeah. Once that's done, you serve it with uh, sour cream. Oh. So wait, do you dip the do you dip it in sour cream each bite, or do you put it on top like icing? Like how are you doing this? I, I dip it with the sour cream, but my partner does spread. So yeah, I'm a okay. dipper. He's a spreader. Nice. I would be a dipper. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's interesting that you, you you posit that you know bolognese sauce, much like drag queens, often get better with age. <laughs> <laughs> This is such a lovely recipe, Maxi, because it's actually brought back a memory that I didn't remember. Well, I guess it was, yeah, it was buried quite deep. Um, my mum used to buy those very cheap packets of like the egg rolls from the supermarket, the Coles oh, yes. ones, those dinner rolls. And I used to hollow them out at the dinner table and stick my spaghetti bolognese into the roll, then pop the lid back on and have it as a kind of an uncooked version of your recipe oh that's such a i forgot that i used to do that you've really you've really warmed my little soul with that memory thank you i think i used to do that with the dinner rolls as well they were that was a yeah that was a a stock standard that was yummy wasn't it yeah so yummy oh. it was a sort of the nice bogan kind of cheap way that mums would pat out dinners back in the day you'd either get the two pack of the um the garlic bread and whack that in, or the little pack of the six egg rolls. And- oh, see, my mum was a full-on snob, and we were we were proper foodies. So she'd make like a swordfish steak with like steamed bok choy. But you then were I, missing no, out. No, because then I'd go to my friend Anthony's place, and we would have the Woolies chicken in a bag, and that pasta salad, you know, that's in that little plastic oh. Tupperware. And I would yeah. hollow out the bread roll, jam those two things in, and it was just. Do a- you want to take that to another level? Sure. Then what you got to put in is a crinkle cut chicken chip oh my God. in oh, the gosh. sandwich. We did that. We did that for a Christmas lunch once because we couldn't be fucked. We'd had a very big night and we knew, Maxie, we knew the next day we would want bad, bad Satan food. So we bought just chips and chocolate and, oh, it was, it was so, so good. good. Oh, Maxie. But there, there's something about that, that crunchy chips on buttered bread, isn't it? It is like yeah. the Auss- Aussie version of a chip buddy. Yes, it really is. And I, I almost want to do a comparison. I almost want to really throw caution to the wind this weekend and do a British style versus an Australian style chip body and see which one goes down better. You've murdered Do us. it. Do it. Yes. Oh, my God. Lola Berry, who was on uh, last week, must be just listening with her head shaking at how this has just deteriorated. She's a nutritionist. She, was eating... she is not going to be happy she with had this. this. She had this raw vegan pumpkin pie and she read the ingredients. Maxie, there wasn't any pumpkin in it. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Oh, Maxie, I know that you are so busy with interviews and I just cannot wait to see what you do next because I'm sure that it is going to be larger than life and wonderful. But for now, thank you so much for being on our show. You really have warmed my soul and it was just such a delight chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute hoot. Paul, I've decided what I want to do. Okay, to honour Maxie but also to bring a little bit of me to Maxie's recipe. Yeah. I am going to try for the very first time, I only saw the recipe the other day, 
Nigella has a vegan bolognese recipe. Ugh. Stop it. You love that sort of shit. Like vegan bolognese. Yeah, it looks really nice. It does look really, really nice. And I've not actually tried cooking anything, you know, that sort of it's vegan and it should be meat, but it's not meat. I've not tried anything like that. So I want to try her thing because I think if anybody's going to make vegan taste, you know, disgustingly unhealthy and good it's nigella well i made her ice cream once it was it's just frozen cream it was, basically it was cream and condensed milk and and then you froze it and then she just kind of made a bunch of innuendos and dipped her finger in it. I'm like, you know what? I'm having this. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. But I digress. I am going to try yep. Maxi Shield's recipe fused with Nigella's vegan bolognese and just kind of make this vegan jaffel kind of healthy but probably clogging your arteries yummy yummy cheesy goodness now when you make a jaffle yeah you butter the crap out of it right i know maxie's right you got to butter 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 yeah so you get your butter out you know the day before and just have a lot of room temperature butter and basically you're dipping the bread in the butter i think that's why it appeals because both maxie and nigella are extremely voluptuous women yes right and both of them have a real kind of saucy vibe yes and i respect anyone who just throws caution to the wind and just makes butter the primary ingredient in something. Yeah, you say that, but also, let's be honest, I am meant to be going for blood tests soon to see if I've got high cholesterol. So let's just put a pin in that. Oh, shit. I know. That's very true. Can you imagine if I do? Imagine if you can't eat butter anymore. Oh, f- this podcast is screwed. I mean, this oh, people... just it actually winded me that thought. My now, God. I have I have friends, we have friends with allergies. No, you do. Oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> We have friends with allergies, and then you've got friends who are just fussy, right? But no one doesn't like things that are fried, right? I mean... It depends. It's something that's fried well. Mm. We're going off on a completely different tangent. We're meant to be wrapping up. But good fried is everything, and good soaked in butter is everything. Bad fried, like when it's just a bog standard, you know, fun fed. What are they called? A Dagwood dog? I don't even know what a Dagwood dog is, but right. I've seen them and I go, I do not want that thing. I have a tell you about the time I had a bread sandwich in um, Area 51. You had a bread sandwich? Yeah, so my, I was on this press junket and we got uh, driven out to Area 51. If you've ever seen the film Paul with, uh, with Simon Pegg yes. and it's got Sigourney Weaver in it, and in Paul there's this... There's this kind of alien restaurant truck stop hotel in the middle of the desert, in the Nevada desert. And they stopped us there and it was like this kind of trailer park set up and there was a cafe. And they said, we're famous for our toast sandwich. I'm like, what's a toast sandwich? It turns out that a toast sandwich is two pieces of like Wonder White bread. Mm -hmm. And in the middle is a big slice of like fried and toasted toast, just plain buttery crunchy toast right right so you get this ridiculous thing and you bite through and your teeth travel through the bread and what you expect to get to is the filling of a sandwich but what they reach is toast and your brain has this weird kind of breakdown where it's like an inception with the kind of bookshelves falling in on themselves because you (laughs) no, because your brain says oh i'm starting another sandwich but this time it's right and then your teeth touch in the middle it's like it's like opening doors to find more doors. It's very confusing. Anyway, that was my time. Because I was out there in the middle of the desert, it was like 45 degrees and, you know, there were like Black Hawk choppers in the distance. It was a very weird experience. It sounds it. It was really odd. Look, we have to wrap up for we today, do. but I almost want to talk about your area... F- 51. Area... F- <laughs> I nearly said Area 49, like I just decided to de-age it a couple of years. Yeah, sure. Your Area 51 adventures. But for now, please hop online. Do follow Maxie Shield on all the social media if you can. She's just... Absolutely wonderful. 
And in the meantime, if you haven't subscribed to Dish, please head on to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts and do that. And leave us a rating and review if you can. It's the best way to get the podcast out there. Tell your friends about the show. And get ready for next week's special guest. There is a particular baking competition in this country that Paul and I would deem to be our favourite. And not to big her up too much, but she bloody won it. We chat with one of the best bakers in the country next week. And I tell you what, I cannot wait. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dish Island. Dish is part of the Acast Creator Network. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 